0: Well, folks,
1: Barack Lurie at the Lurie Law Podcast with my good friend and producer Ari David. Always a pleasure. And a new song now from uh, a favorite of my sons. Anyway, um, boy, there's there's something that came out of North Korea that, um, you know, in, in one case it's not shocking at all. And the other case, of course, it's just inherently shocking. What am I talking about? I'm talking about how. Our uh, Kim Il, Un, Kim Jong, Kim Jong. Thank you, Kim Jong Un. uh, Has decided that it would be a really neat thing to go persecute uh, Christians, and uh, this is a very bizarre state of affairs. And uh, but again, like I said, it's not surprising. But this man hunts down Christians, and uh, and kills them. This is somehow not reported in the communities. Uh, religious or otherwise, and it's one of the things I want to talk about. It's uh, the anti-Christian fervor that's going out there that is happening systematically throughout the world, and I want to talk to my Christian friends out there, and I want to tell them that um, you got to fight back. you got to have the equivalent of an anti-defamation league like we have uh, among the Jews, and we're only, what, 13 million, 14 million people in the world so maybe we, we, it's a little easier for us to, to have a group like that. But Christians, you need to, to stand up and need to say, this, uh, this ain't right. And uh, at the very least, point to it. Show what's happening in Egypt and all the other Arab countries that are persecuting Christians uh, and what's happening in North Korea now. And speak up. Say, uh, say your piece about this because I'll tell you one thing. If you are not for yourself, it's hard for other people to be. So uh, galvanize yourselves, get together, fight, fight back. This is, uh, this is the beginning. And uh, you, don't, you may not know how to fight as much as we've had to fight, we Jews. We certainly have it in our blood in, in terms of being persecuted and having to fight back. And we know what it's like to be persecuted. We also know what it means when people start making anti-Semitic comments. Um, that's the beginning. And then the rules start getting restricted on you. That's, an, that's another step in the process. And then the next thing you know, you're ostracized, then you're marginalized. And uh, hopefully that's where it stops at worst, but very often it goes further. As we see in North Korea, as we see in the Arab world, uh, churches are being burned. Uh, Christians are being killed. No one's prosecuting the crimes against the perpetrators. And one day... Um, they'll tell you that you can't be a Christian anymore. So, but, and you need to be out there and saying, I, I got to fight back. You know, we're not talking about going out there and trying to proselytize and kill anybody who doesn't believe the same way you do. Hardly that, of course, that's not what we were talking about. We are talking, however, of defending who you are. And if you can't do that, then uh, bad things will happen. You need to be a voice. And this, is where it leads me to, um, I want to talk about a conversation I had with a very good friend of mine who is a Mormon, and I want to talk about the Book of Mormon, the uh, the play. Have you seen it yet? (sighs) This is a very popular play, and it's a play that I kind of went kicking and screaming to because I find it to be offensive to my Mormon friends. I mean, I, I sympathize with them. And frankly, I think it's an attack on Christianity altogether. So if you're Christian and you like the movie or the play, The Book of Mormon, then by all means, please email me and explain to me why you think it's okay to attack the Mormons as that play does and not think that the exact same play could be made about Christians in general. So you may say to me, well, Barack, you know, the, the, the Mormons, it's a very young religion, and it's a cult, and it's not really Christianity, and they deserve whatever, you know, jokes come their way. I don't know about that, Ari. I think it's, uh, this is a play that, that kind of, it, it focuses on these two missionary boys who go after Africa, and it's kind of a fish out of the water situation, and they are kind of thrust into life, life hits them hard with the realities of this tribe that doesn't want anything to do with them, doesn't understand anything that they're trying to teach. And uh, the boys end up having to kind of twist the, the, the Mormon book of the Book of Mormon a little bit in order to get the, the tribe interested. And all the while they they are the Mormons themselves come off as fools, as inexperienced, as naive, hopelessly naive, as silly people, you understand. Uh, and not only that, but in the, among the group of the boys that are there, there is more than a couple of gays that don't know that they're gays, but they're they encourage themselves to suppress their their homosexuality. You understand? Uh, this is the kind of play it is. And and then, by the way, as if it's not offensive enough, uh, they intersperse uh, the scenes with uh, a, a retelling of the Joseph Smith story and uh, try to portray it as ridiculous as it. Can be right. They they have a Jesus character. They have a Joseph Smith character, and and they they speak in a very mocking way. So it's offensive, through and through. It's offensive. Didn't find anything in it funny. It it was no no. It's funny in the sense that you laugh at these these people that they're so simplistic. They're such idiots that you laugh at them. But you are truly laughing at them. And I found, I, I was so upset to be there that I found myself barely laughing at all. There was, a, there was one cute joke that had nothing to do with religion, but that was about all I laughed at. Um, but it, it um, the audience left, you could see the audience is laughing and they're clapping and it's a full house. But they're very smug in their laughter, right? They, they, they oh, you know, they are so much superior to these silly Mormons. They know better. Um, they're more experienced with life uh, but These silly Mormons are just uh, They're brainwashed fools They belong to a cult And uh, we're better than them Okay, So it, it basically invokes uh, The audience's natural sense of superiority Or at least it, as, ex, it, it It makes them feel good about themselves Because they're superior, you understand they're, they They know better what sex is They know better what the real world is like These Mormon boys, they've been sheltered, you understand, and they've, uh, they're not seeing the grim realities of life, and, uh, and we, the audience, are much better off. That's the message you take from the movie, uh, for the play, and uh, everyone is super smug about it, and uh, it's really quite disturbing. Um, I, I just felt yuck about the whole thing. And, of course, it goes without saying that, uh, you know, my friend who was with me said, isn't this uh, cute? It's, it's offending everyone. And I, uh, during the intermission, and I turned to her and I said, who who else? You tell me, who else? There's not, you know, you you can say it if you want to, but there's no one else that's being offended here. He's not an equal opportunity offender. Is he offending the atheists? Is he offending the Jews? Is he offending the other Christians? Is he offending the Muslims? Of course not. Of course not. And if this were to be, um, uh, you could easily make a play mocking um, with songs and gay repression and all that stuff. Uh, of any religion, right? You can do it of, uh, certainly of the Jews. You can certainly do it of other Christians. The Book
0: of the Tibetan Monks. Now, that would take <laughs> that would take courage in, in liberal land. That's right. Making vicious fun of the Tibetan monks who are victims of the Chinese oppression. You know how well, the whole free Tibet yeah, movement. Yeah, I'll, I'll take you one step would further. never make fun of
1: them. I'll take you one step further. Imagine a play called The Koran. Okay? Ooh, edgy. Edgy. Yeah. And I think it would have you know that there would be protests immediately, if not terrorist plots. There'd be blood in the streets. Of course, of yeah. course. And, and we should know better than to have done this. We were insensitive when all the blood in the streets happens, and how could they do this, and we're going to arrest this person who produced the play, just like you know, the video guy, supposedly, who started the 9-11-2012 attacks. Um, that, that is the kind of thinking that they have. And they just never said on the one hand. It, it's absolutely hysterical when we're making fun of Mormons. But somehow if we did it against Muslims, then it would be horribly insensitive. And it's not funny, by golly. It's disrespectful. But it's, it's super respectful and okay. And, you, you know, take a chill pill when it's uh, the Mormons. You know what's so funny about it? it? It all comes down to bullying.
0: What makes bullying bullying is because mm. you're picking on someone who can't or won't fight back. Right. If, if you pick on someone who fights back, then it's just a fight. Right. Pick on someone who is uh, too afraid to fight back. It's bullying. Yeah. Well, Christians are notorious for not fighting back, and of all the sects of Christianity, Mormons are the most notorious for not fighting back themselves. So, yeah, how uh, what kind of challenge is this to pick on, you know, uh, uh, the good-natured, uh, you know, Mormon community in a way that? If anything, if any reaction you'll get, you'll get an overly classy and deferential response for them of, oh, you know, we respect the rights of anyone to make fun of anyone. And, you know, essentially saying we're glad it's not worse. Which how many times throughout Jewish pogrom history have our community responded that way? Yeah, I'm glad
1: but, we didn't make them angrier. Yeah, the, the, the problem is that uh, you only encourage bullies when you don't fight back. And we've learned that lesson as Jews historically. The... Um, the Mormon Church did a, very, did a very classy response to it. And the response was, um, with the play, you'll enjoy one evening of fun. With the book, you'll enjoy a lifetime of meaning. Now, and, and I love that. I think it's a very classy response. But notwithstanding that, how many people know that line? I know it because a, a friend of mine told me about it. Um, I think I think people should understand that. By golly, you know, if you attacking Mormonism, um, you should be uh, you know understanding that's insensitive. It's not it's not a free for all.
0: It's like any other of our First Amendment rights when we exercise them. We're responsible for what may happen when we use them.
1: Right, right. Uh, never mind all the good that the, that Mormons have provided to the world. Never mind uh, the fantastic missionary work. That they do, and I'm speaking as a Jew. I'm a very proud Jew. I have no connection to Mormonism other than I have a few friends in it. But I've I've learned a lot about them. I'm I'm very impressed with what they do. These are very um, uh, clean, decent people. Uh, Do I believe the the underlying theology? No, I don't understand it. Um, But what do I care? And also.
0: As Jews, we owe a debt of gratitude to the Mormon community because they've been great to Jews. They've been fantastic. Of all of the different sects and types of Christianity out there, very very few have been as good consistently throughout
1: their history as mainstream Mormonism. Right. Not only will I, I certainly agree with that. Not only that, but they are the only Christian group that has not caused Jews to suffer one way or the other. Uh, not only that, but every Mormon sees himself, him or herself, as linked with a Jew. They, they, they identify themselves almost as Jews. They refer to people who are not Mormon as Gentiles, which is interesting. We're Gentiles somehow, okay? which is cute, but, I, I, but I, I don't mind that. But what do I care what they think? Folks, any religion that you present is going gonna, is gonna to have something in there where you can say, I don't get that. That's crazy, or that doesn't make any sense at all. But that's the nature of religion. It, it's, it doesn't ask you to be rational.
0: Yeah, so often people criticize religion as if it's science, ignoring yeah. the fact that it's faith. Right. It's not science. You're not on a pursuit
1: for fact with faith. You're on a pursuit of faith with faith. That's right. And now for me, look, you and I are both very scientific about these things. And, I, and we've talked about this. I have my scientific side of God, and I have my faith side of God. My scientific side is all the numbers dictate, compel me to the conclusion that there is a higher being. My faith side says that that higher being is the God of the Bible. I believe in that. I believe that, the, that, that God, I have faith that God has uh, separated the, the Red Sea. I have faith that, that God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. Do I have proof that he had that? Of course not, but I, I believe it. I believe it for other reasons. As well Um, but 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 anyone can mock me for that so what but to the person who's mocking me on that I I guarantee you that person is not giving as much in terms of charity as you and I do Uh, certainly not giving as much in terms of time as you and I do and I'm not saying that I'm a better person than he is but I think my actions are more consistent with goodness uh, and charity, and giving, than the atheist. So you can mock it all, all day long, my friend, but yeah, your, your, your atheist world doesn't offer
0: very much of anything. Yeah, and I think to that point, there's a very important point to be made to those who criticize believers like you and I about it, which is this, which is the nature of science, the burden of science, is called our burdens of proof and burdens of, of proving the facts and the evidence. Kind of like an court of law or a trial yeah the burden it's exactly like a court the burden of faith the way faith works in all of the parables of the bible for judaism christianity for most faiths are things called challenges to your faith and it's it's the ability of the faithful to stick to their faith even when things aren't going their way even when their belief is challenged it's easy to believe in God when all is right in the world and everything is just lining up, and you go to the casino, put down a bet, and wow, you win. Right. But how hard is it to believe in God when you really need Him? When when things have turned bad, when there's a war, or when you've been uh, economically or, or uh, medically devastated by right. your health or, or right.
1: economics? I, I know that I know that many of my atheist friends and some of my family, actually, for that matter, I bet they they. They often inquire with themselves and say, you know, Bruck is a is a believer, but I wonder what would happen if somehow he suffered a major, you know, illness, like cancer, prostate cancer. I wonder if he's gonna be a true believer then. And to which I would answer, Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: You know you'd need your faith more than ever at that moment. You wouldn't walk around and go, God, why did
1: you do this to me? Yeah. I'm not gonna believe in you now. That, that that's the atheist version of what believers believe, that somehow that we're only believing in God as as an insurance premium, right? <laughs> that, that that's what that's all God is. No, it's the way of our understanding of it. I may very well be run over by a bus uh, today, and if I am, well, then I die. But the, to me, it means that I'm going to uh, a better place, a new my new stage in life or or my my existence, I should say. And that's the way it is. But it has nothing to do with reward and punishment in the in the classic way. I do feel I will be punished for doing terrible things. I do think I will be rewarded for doing good things. I don't know that I'll be rewarded or punished based upon whether I believe in God. Uh, in that sense, I believe in the, in the Hebrew Bible, which teaches us that it doesn't matter whether you're Jewish. It matters whether you do good things. That's the important thing. Yeah, God's like
0: class. we talked about a few weeks ago, belief really is just thoughts. Yeah. And your thoughts mean nothing. That's right. R- really, it, it matters what you do with those thoughts. That's right. And those beliefs.
1: Yeah. And if you advance yourself accordingly, if you do the great things, um, then that's all that God really wants out of us. I, I'm, and I'm very pleased about that. I think that's the way it should be. It makes total sense to me, and um, I, I don't really care otherwise. But look, going back to the Book of Mormon, going back to you know um, the response of the Christians and such. Why do I bring up the Book of Mormon? Because I spoke to really one of my best friends, who is Mormon, and I spoke to uh, to him about it today, as it turns out. And you know, his response is, "Well, we I think the president came out with a very good uh, response, the President of the Mormon Church, um, and that it's about you know enjoying the Book of Mormon." And they think they, I, I understand, and I, I think it was a beautiful expression, but I don't think it 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 sowed any seeds among anybody. At least any of the Mormon detractors. Let's put it that way.
0: Right, because the only people who saw it are probably Mormons, Mormons. themselves.
1: I think the Mormons, who, or maybe someone who's on the fence of Mormonism, who uh, may be thinking about converting, may have heard that and said, "What a classy response!" That makes me even more excited about Mormonism. Great, fantastic. Um, but in terms of those people, like uh, who, who really despise Mormonism, it will mean nothing. It will fall on deaf ears, as they say. Um, and I think. Um, I think we need some real strong Mormon uh, speakers out there. People to say, you don't know what you're talking about. You you portray us as ignorami. We are far more sophisticated than you can possibly imagine. And frankly, we're probably more sophisticated and more wise than you are. Just because we don't engage in premarital sex, just because we don't have drugs all the time, have coffee and, and, and alcohol, all the time doesn't mean that we don't we're not savvy. Did about you say the all
0: the time is if, the they, time. if there is some of a time? Maybe
1: it's a more fun religion. That is exactly right. People
0: are giving credit for. No, I don't they, think they do that at all.
1: Yeah, they don't. They don't do coffee. They don't do alcohol. They certainly don't do drugs. Um, they're very, um, uh, you know, they don't have premarital premar- sex. They, they, it's very, um, it's very, you know, they, they have these very strong rules that I frankly respect, and I think it helps them advance. their an incredible people.
0: Yeah, You know what's funny about things like the Book of Mormon? And it really shows you, this is what uh, was always referred to as cultural rot, how the things that the, the Mormon community is espousing in its faith, those things you just outlined, which are the things that either do or don't do, you would have to be a complete imbecile to come to the conclusion that doing any of those things would be a good idea. Yeah, right. Some of those might feel good, <laughs> but... Right. Even the person who's doing them knows, you know, I really shouldn't be doing this. It's probably not going to lead to long-term prosperity and happiness if I do these things. Yep. And the fact that it's so easy to criticize people for making
1: the right choices in life rather than respecting them. Yeah. that's a. That's it's a, idiotic. That's a very good point that you're, you're chastising a group of people because they're actually making very clean decisions. Um, you don't. You don't have to agree with them about the coffee thing, or even even, yeah. The alcohol but, thing. but if you were to but, live wait, 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 that, right, but but you don't have to agree with them the coffee or the alcohol. Or the, but at the very least, you can't deny that they are espousing a very healthy, you know, pro-life, pro-God, pro-great values way of looking at life. That it 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 can only be a positive thing, and it, but it's a it's a beautiful comment you made that 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 we are criticizing them for. Pursuing such a clean life. I, 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 I'm with you. I understand. Yeah, for all the people who
0: have to be in therapy or drug or alcohol rehab. Right. Or have uh, either unhealthy or even need a, a shot of penicillin due to their lifestyle relationship choices. Right. That lifestyle will avoid all those things. Right. Off the bat. That, exactly right. It,
1: it might not give you happiness, but it gives you a chance. I would bet you that the Mormons face a much smaller Incidence of heart disease, cancer, diabetes, um, stress, and uh, for that matter, I think they have they suffer a lot less depression too. I'm talking about you know, real Mormons, not just people who are born Mormon. Uh, people who you know find them, you know, identify who themselves, who and, practice it, yeah. who go to the church. I I think that, that gives them great meaning. Uh, in fact, I, going to the depression element of it, I think that if you were to do a, a graph of Depression uh, among the various different groups—atheist, Jewish, and so on—I uh, think that the, 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 your depression rate would be much higher among the atheists, much higher, and Or the, among
0: the liberal Jews. Or, yeah, liberal
1: yeah. Jews or people who are very attenuated from religion, right? So that that's where I think you would you see a lot more depression. Those who truly embrace God, who seek out God, I don't think you're going to find a lot of depression. I'm not saying it's zero, but I, I'm not. A, 5% confident that it will be substantially lower than the general population. That's what I think. Yeah. I think I'm right about this. Uh, speaking about this, I, I came up upon an epiphany. It's related. And then I want to get back to the main point of you know, fighting for, for who you are. As a Mormon, as a Christian, uh, I, we, you and I are seeing changes in the world that are very alarming to us. As Jews, we know where this is going. This is dangerous stuff going on. Yeah, it's and, the same place. It's yeah, always gone before. That's right. So Christians, you need to stand up. You don't need to necessarily fight, but you at least not now. But you need to point it out. Yeah, well, I think your point is you don't need to fight with weapons. It's not time to draw out the guns
0: yet, mm-hmm. and hopefully never will. But it's time to fight verbally and within the, the sphere of ideas
1: and be... And and not be afraid to espouse your ideas right. and say no. I, I think they need to go to the United Nations and lobby in the United Nations. They need they need to lobby in Congress and say you know Congress, you know send a forceful message to the president, whoever that president is, and because it's not just going to be Obama, we're talking beyond that because it it would it was also you know true during the Bush times that they did not really emphasize their their needs. Go with go to Congress and say you know please explain. Uh, and, and voice your concern about what's happening in Egypt. What's happening in all the Arab countries? Demand that they treat Christians fairly. And here are horror stories that are going on. That's what what both you and I think Christians need to start rallying about. Because if you just hope that people will treat you nicely, it's it's no different than uh, you know the, the bullied kid in school hoping that the bully will stop bullying him. It, it ain't going to happen.
0: That's right. And we're also talking about. The public schools and, and the media culture, I mean, it's it's gotten to the level of abuse. Yes, for instance, are you familiar with the comedian uh, Sarah Silverman? Of course. Okay, my wife and I are sometimes practicing comedians, right. depending on what our schedules are. So we've done comedy and we know these people, and we very rarely watch stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. But this week we actually saw two performers. One was Dana Gould, who used to be the head writer of The Simpsons. Right. Even if you don't know who no, don't he is I... or have seen his, his stand-up work, you have laughed at his jokes. Right. And we saw Sarah Silverman perform. Mm-hmm. And Gould's performance, they're of the same age group, they're of the same comedy scene here in L.A. Gould's performance was brilliant. Amazing creative stuff. Silverman's, though, was so lazy and stunted and relied on one thing, one running joke. How dumb Christians are. Ugh. And what was stunning, though, is if you step back and you replaced her Jewish identity and you made her something else and you reverse roles. Imagine a white comedian making fun of blacks or Latinos mm-hmm. with the same through line of jokes. Such and such group is stupid. That person would be run out on a rail as a racist.
1: Right. I, you, got, you have no argument from me. I totally agree with you. And it's embarrassing that uh, Sarah Silverman did that. I mean, she's Jewish. I know that. And it's uh, uh, why would she why would she encourage that sort of antagonism? Oh, boy. It's just, we, and, and, we have and, and, such great friends in the Christians. And why would you try to antagonize them? Why? The, the Christians love us, the evangelicals in particular. But by and large, the Christians are, especially in America, really – Begin to understand the wisdom of Judaism and and how much Judaism has contributed to the world. They understand that That uh, those who bless the Jews will be blessed and those who curse the Jews will be cursed They they get it they're and the so, importance of Israel right, and everything. They're so well versed in all yes. this stuff And then and for you Sarah Silverman or anyone to mock Christianity You, you have no idea what you're talking about. First of all, we, we right they have no idea yeah. and the, the, the Christians have done so so such great things for the world. We, we just wouldn't have the world that we have today. We, we're so, we're, we should be so thankful that democracy was the result of Christianity, um, that the spread of the Ten Commandments. We talked about this before, which reminds me of, and this is my main point that I wanted to kind of bring up. I had this epiphany today because now I'm blending two things together. We talked before about um, drugs and depression, for example, right? Let's take an example of a bipolar person. Okay, a violent bipolar person, right? He is naturally bipolar. Unfortunately, his biology is such that that's just the way he is. And he's violent, dangerous stuff. And thank goodness he's able to realize that he has this. And he goes to the doctor, psychiatrist, presumably. Psychiatrist uh, prescribes just the right drugs for him to take medication. And now he takes it. And phew! No more bipolar symptoms, at least, and he's managing his life. He seems to be walking about the sidewalks, and he seems to be perfectly functional. He wouldn't even know that he's bipolar. So, this guy takes his pills, and then after a few weeks, he forgets. He forgets, you know, he says, I don't need these drugs. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I don't have a problem. It must have been something else. So, he gets rid of it. What happens? He goes back to, goes back to the, the violent bi- yeah. bi- bi- bipolar nature. That's the way. Why do I bring this up? Because that's the way God is. God is that medicine for us as a culture. We are a naturally, if I can say it, we are naturally bipolar, violent, destructive society. God is our medicine. And too many of us in society say to ourselves, look around and they say, well, I'm gosh, just fine. We're just fine. We don't need this God thing right. anymore. And they, they forget that without God, you're going to have violence and chaos and destruction and mania and lack of control and chaos
0: yeah that's chaos. what it is
1: and that's where we are and, it, and 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 that's why i brought in those all those things that's together now really brilliant thank you that's thank you. it was an epiphany
0: i just yeah. had this morning that's krla sunday show worthy yes i hope
1: you i'm going to i'm going to bring it up uh, this coming sunday um i i i have a talent i you know, I'm the son of a political cartoonist, who you. really has talent. Yeah, he really has <laughs> talent. I mean, I, I think I'm I'm okay. <laughs> Rod and you are okay, but yeah, that right. guy's. T- <laughs> yeah, he's pointing to my some of my dad's artwork right now. Uh, he he was he was, and he still is brilliant. He still draws cartoons, you know, more on the side, more for recreation. Um, but his he had a great combination of three things. One, he was just a fantastic cartoonist. His his skill in drawing was Unparalleled. Two, um, he was able to think in terms of metaphors and uh, just was so witty. And so he had the combination of both artistic talent and to, to pitch an idea, to, to actually draw a, a cartoon that was funny and insightful and analytical. That's a, an incredible combination in, in and of itself, right? Then he also had a third thing. He was a great businessman. <laughs> he knew how to syndicate his cartoons. He knew how to bring out – That's just up. not fair. It's not fair, right? <laughs>
0: That's awesome.
1: <laughs> so, and, and to boot, he also has a great sense of real estate. So he, he's done very well for himself. I'm so proud of him and my mom. My mom is equally talented, maybe not in the cartooning world, but she's so savvy in business and people skills. And and for that very reason, she is just doing super, super duper well. So th- these are the things that they have. And so w- what's my talent? <laughs> My talent is I can see as a result of of uh, having grown up in a life full of metaphors and and such uh, and great analysis. I'm able to bring things together that I think, uh, I mean, my, my brain is just exercised in that way. It's I'm highly trained in that way. Think of it like a, what do they say about a tennis player? You don't have to be a fantastic tennis player, but as long as you have 10,000 hours of it, right, you'll be a good tennis player, maybe even an expert tennis player. Um, you don't have to have a natural ability necessarily. Um, so that's the problem um, uh, that, that a lot of people don't seem to understand. I, I, I have this 10,000 hours of thinking metaphorically all the time. <laughs> and so I'll see patterns in things. And that's why, you know, on our show and also my Sunday shows, I'll say, you know, uh, like last week, we talked about how liberals think statically, right? And we'll see the theme. And we'll talk about other uh, comparisons that we can make. And what I saw also is, you know, that the atheist is like somebody who uh, who rejects drugs, thinking that doesn't, he doesn't need it anymore. Well, he does. Medication. Need, medication. Yeah, medication. It's fascinating. So anyway, but thank you for the compliment. And uh, it's just something that comes naturally to me, and it it, also, it resonates um, when my dad talked about it. So um, here's what here's something else. I just I just want to you know I think at some point wrap it up and talk about how we are really living in a, a an increasingly dangerous world, but dangerous it it has always been dangerous in many ways, right it's been dangerous in the sense that uh, evil is always out there, but it's the way we respond to it that makes all the difference and the The concern I have is that a lot of our Christian friends are not responding uh, at a time when they really need to respond. They need to point it out. They need to call it out. And they need to to demand, demand that it stop. It's not acceptable to be persecuted. If you send out the the signal that you will not fight, guess what? They'll just keep on piling on. Just the way it is. Just like bullies. This is Barack Lurie. Thanks so much for listening today. We'll talk to you next week.